We've seen the various views of the kingdom. We've seen the various views of the tribulation. We've just, we went through the details of the events of the tribulation. And let me just remind you of the big flow again. If you remember, here's the Old Testament looking forward to the coming Messiah. Jesus Christ came the first time, died on the cross, paid for sin. Uh, it came as the Messiah and the Savior. We're in the church age now, which was a mystery in the Old Testament, which in a minute, when we study the book of Daniel, Daniel never heard of us. When Daniel gets a prophecy, and the prophecy uh, comes right after Daniel, and then goes all the way to the future, Daniel never knew we existed. And I'll show you that in just a minute. And so, the, the, we're in the church age. Now, the, the next event is the rapture, coming in the clouds. It's not to the earth. That's to the earth. That's to the earth. This is in the clouds. Church will be taken out. And we're going to talk about uh, one of the reasons we're seeing what this seven-year time period is, and why it goes back to the book of Daniel, is to show you that the, the church has nothing to do with the tribulation. We're not part of the tribulation. It's dealing with the nation of Israel. We're taken out. Then there's a seven-year time period. Antichrist comes to power halfway through the tribulation. He puts his idol up, claims to be God, demands to be worshipped. There's a ten-king federation, down to three kings, down to one king. This man has a false prophet that tells people to worship him. And that final three and a half years uh, comes to an end when Jesus Christ comes uh, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, second coming. He comes to the earth to rule and reign in righteousness and justice. Uh, the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast in the lake of fire. Satan is bound for a thousand years. We have a thousand year reign of Christ as the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, I don't have all this on the chart. We'll have it in the next week or two. There's going to be a great white throne judgment at the end. There's going to be one more battle at the end, the second battle of Gog and Magog. Great white throne judgment. Then we go into eternity, uh, the eternal state, the eternal kingdom, with the new heavens and a new earth and the holy city Jerusalem. And also we're going to talk about that while we are in the heavenlies, while this is going on, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded for the things that we've done. And we'll see that. I haven't put that on this chart, but we'll see that in the, the the weeks to come. Now, the big question is, will the church go through the tribulation? And we've been saying no, and we've gone through all kind of deals. But the last thing, in fact, this, this uh, what is another name for the tribulation? What's it called? Jacob's trouble. Jacob's other name is? Israel. This is Israel's trouble. This deals with the nation of Israel. This is called the 70th week of Daniel. How does it fit together? So what I want you to understand is when somebody says the 70 weeks of Daniel and the 70th week of Daniel, you'll understand what they are, how they fit, all those kind of things. Let's let's uh, start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, help us as we study, as we look through these things, as we understand them. Lord, we know that there are a lot of people who don't believe any of this. There are a lot of people who do not take the Bible in a literal way. Thank you, Lord, that you show us that you have revealed to us the end times, how it's going to come to pass. We thank you, Lord, for the great victory that we have in Jesus Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Help us this morning, Lord, as we look at the um, book of Daniel and Daniel chapter 9 to be able to put this together. Teach us, Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me do this. I'm going to just kind of give you a little review to get started. The book of Daniel, I think, is one of the key books in the Scripture that help us put together end times. We find the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation actually go together. The book of Daniel ends by the writer, by the angel telling Daniel, seal up this book until the end times. When did the end times begin? At the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the end times. Then with the book of Revelation being written in about 95, suddenly the book of Daniel is much easier to understand because Daniel and Revelation go together. And so we find that that's what we see. Daniel was an amazing person. 
probably 12 to 14 years old. He was taken into captivity uh, in the first deportation. When the Babylonians came to Israel, uh, there were three deportations. And they took them into captivity. Daniel went the first one. Ezekiel went the second one. The third one, they destroyed everything. And uh, so Daniel was taken off into captivity as a young boy. He was so brilliant. They could tell he was brilliant. They put him in a leadership position and began to train him. And he was above everybody else. In fact, God had given him the ability to understand dreams and all those kind of things. And so Daniel uh, was trained to be a servant in the Babylonian government. And we call him, he was a person of character. He, uh, uh, when they told him he had to eat certain foods, that foods that they told him to eat was contrary to the Mosaic law. <clears throat> and Daniel said, I don't think I'm going to eat that. And so he actually, instead of just rebelling, he talked to leadership and said, would it be okay if I eat something else rather than this? And one guy said, I don't think I can do that because my, my boss will kill me. And Daniel said, give me a test. Test me for 10 days, see if it works. Because he thought Daniel would get sick if he didn't eat the right food. So he tested Daniel for 10 days. He was better than everybody else. And so the guy said, you can eat whatever you want to eat. And Daniel was a man of character. And if you study the book of Daniel, and I, I'd like to, I'd like for us to study it again sometime. We haven't studied it in a while. It has so much in it. Not only does it have all these prophecies and end time things, but it has great chapters on character and, and integrity and people who stand for what's right because the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is in there and Daniel's in there and Daniel and the lion's den, all of those things. He rose to power. Not only in the Babylonian government, but he also rode to power in the medial persian government that came. The book of Daniel deals, is full of prophecies dealing with the end times and the nations that rise and fall. There was the uh, Assyrian Empire followed by the Babylonian Empire, followed by the medial persian Empire, followed by the Greco-Macedonian Empire, followed by the Roman Empire, five empires that Daniel writes about. But he writes about a sixth empire that he doesn't name, but most call it the revised Roman Empire, and that is the empire of the future in which when the Antichrist comes to power, it's known, we call it, the revised Roman Empire. And we'll talk more about that. The book shows these Gentile world empires. Uh, see, for a time, when, when Solomon was the king, I mean, he, uh, Israel probably at that point was the greatest nation on earth. But after the nation divided and the wickedness came, and, and see, at one time Egypt was the leader, the Gentile world leader, and then it became the Assyrians, and then it became the Babylonians, and then it became the Medio Persians, then it became the Greco Macedonians, then it became the Romans. And after the Roman Empire fell, there's never been a world empire like that. And people talk about the United States, and we are the greatest empire in the world, and we're the most powerful nation in the world, but our president can't get anybody to call him, okay? So we're not the world empire like these others were. Okay, there's not been another one. The next one's going to happen when the Antichrist comes to power and establishes a world government, and that's going to be something mentioned in the book of Daniel chapter 9. We find in Daniel chapter 9 prophecy dealing with the nation of Israel. That's what we're going to see, the nation of Israel, God's plan for them. He gives us information. We call it the tribulation. And here's the thing that I want you to understand. And by the way, as we go through this, you stop me anytime, anyplace, anywhere. I want you to grasp this, okay? We call this time the tribulation. It deals just with the nation of Israel. It does not deal with the church. We saw last time, if you remember, see if you can remember this. I know it's been a couple of weeks. But the book of Revelation shows us the church is not in the tribulation. How does it do that? Do you remember? Chapters 1, 2, and 3, the, the church is mentioned 20-something times. 
And chapters 4 through 19 of the book of Revelation, which deals with the tribulation, the church is never mentioned. And chapters 20 and 21, chapters 20, 21, and 22, church is mentioned six times. That's the tribulation is over. So the time period of the tribulation, just from the book of Revelation, church is never mentioned. Now, this is a key. Because when we look at Daniel chapter 9, we see what God is telling the nation of Israel, and we see how it fits together, and if we can understand that. Now, I want you to look at Daniel chapter 9. Look at verses 1 and 2. And I want you to see what Daniel discovered. Now, he already knew this, because Daniel knew the Bible. But look at this, Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of Median descent... This is when the Medo-Persian uh, Empire had taken over. He was made king over the. Uh, he was made king of the kingdom of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely, seventy years. Now, let me tell you this. Daniel was taken off into captivity in the Babylonian Empire. He was there for 70 years. At the end of the 70 years, the Medo-Persians took over and captured the Babylonians. In fact, it was an amazing thing. Let me just tell you this. The, the city of Babylon had a giant wall around it, and they thought nobody could get to them. The Medo-Persians dammed up a river that went into the city, and they climbed in there and climbed under the wall and captured Babylon without killing a soul. They just captured them all. And, and the Medio Darius became the king of the Medio Persian Empire. And if you remember, after, after the Medio Persian Empire failed, there came the Greco Macedonian Empire, and it was a guy by the name of Philip of Macedon, and he had a son named Alexander the great and so all that happened but anyway here is now the medial persian empire daniel has been in captivity for how long 70 years he started as a young boy at maybe 14 how old is daniel he's in his 80s now listen this happened he's 80 something years old when he's thrown in the lion's den okay he's not a young boy he's an old man Here's what he says. In the first year of the reign of Darius, uh, Daniel, uh, he said, I, Daniel, I looked in the books, the number of the years which was revealed to Jeremiah for the completion of the desolation, mainly 70 years. The book of Jeremiah tells that the nation of Israel will be in captivity for 70 years. Daniel probably thought, wait a minute. How long have I been? I've been here 70 years. What did Daniel know? It's time to go back. Now, let me tell you something. Did Daniel go back? Daniel never went back to his land. He died in what we'd call the Medio Persian Empire. We'd call it the city of Babylon. He never made it back. The Jewish people that went back, Cyrus, king of Persia, after Darius, who was Medes and Persians, Cyrus got a vision from God and said, I've been told by God that the Jewish people need to go back to their land and they can all go. And you know how many went? 50,000. There were millions. 50,000 went back. That's all. And some of those 50,000 were slaves. Daniel never got to go back. He's reading this and he says, Wow, it's 70 years. It's time. And he begins to pray. And we're not going to go through the prayer, but in the first part of all of Daniel 9, that's his prayer to God. And what he's actually saying is, God, fulfill your 
promises. In fact, in Daniel 9, Daniel prays to God that he would keep his promise to bring the nation back to the land. That's what his plan is. Now watch what happens while he's praying. Look at chapter 9, verse 20. Now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sins of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, in behalf of the holy mountain of my God. Where is he praying to? Where's Daniel praying to? Huh? He's praying to Jerusalem. He's praying to the temple. Is the temple there? Temple was destroyed. Temple was destroyed. Everything was gone. The temple that Solomon built was destroyed by the Babylonians. And so he's praying back to Jerusalem. The reason he's doing that is because when Solomon became the king, Solomon asked God that if any time we were ever in captivity, that if we would pray back to Jerusalem, to the temple, God would answer our prayers. He's praying back to the temple in Jerusalem, even though there's no temple there. Watch what happened. <clears throat> Verse 21. While I was still speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision previously came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. Who is Gabriel? Huh? He's a messenger angel. He's come to Daniel a bunch of times. Did he come to anybody else that you all know what? Okay. Did he come to anybody else? Who's the angel that came to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby? Okay. It's Gabriel, right? Gabriel lived a long time, didn't he? Gabriel's an angel. He was alive at the time of Daniel, some 500 years before Mary was ever born, and then he comes and talks to Mary. He's the messenger angel. Look what it says. He gave me instructions, verse 22, and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you insight with understanding. He has come to tell Daniel the truth about the future. Because what Daniel's been doing has been praying, Oh God, let us go back. Oh God, let us go back. He, Gabriel's fixing to say, Daniel, God has a plan for his people, Israel. And I'm going to give you the timetable. And that's what we're about to see. And the timetable shows how everything fits together. Okay? Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27. Let me show you this. Here's what he says. Look at verse 24. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people. Now, we've talked about this before. I'm going to stop and go over it. If you have any questions, stop me. When he says 70 weeks, the Hebrew word for week is Shabuah. It means seven. It's the same way that we would say ten dozen. Seventy weeks, ten dozen. If somebody said ten dozen, we know dozen means how many. 12, so we'd say 10 times 12 is, you know, that's over here when he says 70 weeks, so it would be 70 times 7 or 490. Okay, do you understand that? Do I need to say it again? Because some people go, I don't get it. The word week, which is translated week, could have been translated 7. Just like dozen could be translated what? 12. So he doesn't say a week like five or six or seven days, he's saying 77s are given to your people. Just like somebody might say, you got 10 dozen. We'd say, well, that means 10 times 12. This means 70 times 7. He is promising Daniel that the nation of Israel is going to have 490 of something. 
Now, let me just say this to you. The only thing that fits Scripture, the only thing that fits anything, is years. So just take it from me that it's years. So he says, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people. We would say 490 years have been given to the nation of Israel. Okay? Does that make sense? Everybody got that? Now, here's what he says. They have 490 years to do six things. Look what they are. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgressions, to make an end to sin, to make an atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the visions and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Those are six things that the nation of Israel will do. Guess what? None of them have been done. You know why? Because the 490 years haven't finished yet. Does this make sense? Is everybody following it? Okay, now, here's what I want you to understand. By the time that of Jesus Christ, the nation of Israel had fulfilled 483 of these years promised by God. I'm going to show you how we know that in just a minute. But they started with 490. By the time Jesus Christ came and died, they had used, what, it's supposed to say 483, okay, not 383. So they have seven left. Does that make sense? You have to trust me on this one, okay? So when Jesus Christ came, the nation, who, who was God when Jesus came? Who did he offer himself as the king to? To Israel. He didn't offer himself as a king to the whole world. He offered himself as the king to Israel. He, he was born king of the Jews. He offered himself. They rejected him. He died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again. That's his first coming. What God did, now watch this, just listen to me. What God did is he said, okay, my people, I gave them 490. They've used up 483. I'm stopping it. I'm setting Israel aside. I'm going to take the church, the body of Christ, Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus. I'm going to put them together in one body. That happened on the day of Pentecost. I'm going to put them together, and I'm going to use them. And they're going to be used. He didn't say how long. He didn't say anything. He just said, I'm going to use them. One of these days, when he comes to get who? Who's he going to get when he comes in the clouds? The church. He's going to take us out. Guess who's left? Who's left? Israel. They had 490. They used up 483. How many do they have left? The tribulation lasts for how many years? That seven years is the final seven years of the nation of Israel. Let me show you this breakdown, okay? We're going to see in just a minute that he describes it as he's going to give them seven weeks and 62 weeks and another week that adds up to 70. That's 49 years plus 434 years plus seven years, which makes 490 years. Does this make sense? Okay. When he reads it out, he doesn't say, I'm going to give you 483 and then seven. He says seven, 62, and one. 49, 434, and seven. Why did he break this up? No one knows. There's no reason for it. We don't know why. Some people say maybe there was some big event that happened at the 49-year mark, but we can't find anything. So when we study it in just a minute, he's going to say seven weeks and 62 weeks plus one week equals 70. 49 years 
434. Now, 49 and 434 adds up to be what? 483 plus 7 is 490. Now, here's the key. 49 plus 434, and then there's a gap. Because the 7 hasn't happened yet. The gap is us. We are the gap. Now, Daniel did not know there was a gap. If you go through what Daniel is being taught, he thinks it's going to be this. 7, 62, 1, 70. If you would come to Daniel and say, what about the gap, Daniel? He'd say, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, what about the church, Daniel? Daniel said, I've never heard of the church. The church in the Old Testament was a mystery. So does this make sense? Okay. So here's what we see. God says, no. Okay, yeah, you can do that. That's good. That'll show it. Here's what he says. There'll be seven weeks or 49 years and 62 weeks, 434 years, which adds up to be 483, and then the Messiah will die. That's what he says. Then he says, then there'll be one week. But what Daniel doesn't see is the gap. And so in the 70 weeks of Daniel, this time has already happened. Jesus has died on the cross and paid for sin. The final seven years or one week has not happened. It's in the future. What's going on now is us. We are the gap. This is called the 70 weeks of Daniel. This is the 70th week of Daniel. Okay? Any questions? Yes? Okay, that's what I'm fixing to show you. Okay, because there was an exact time that the 49 years began. Now, let me show you one thing. I don't want you looking back there yet, okay? Don't look back there yet. But on the back of your sheet right there, I have a chart that shows Daniel 70 weeks. You can look right this second, and then I'm going to say, don't look anymore, okay? And if you'll notice, it actually tells you when it starts. It shows you the years, the days, everything, and it all fits together. Now, uh, don't look anymore, okay? Now, let me just tell you this. There's a starting point. And if you go to the starting point in history and you count 483 years, it is not at the death of Christ. And you say, something is wrong. Here's the problem. The 483 years is Jewish years. They have 360 days in their year. We have a calendar that has what? 365. So what we've done is we've gone back. A guy by the name of Sir Robert Anderson went back and counted from the beginning and he counted the days to the Messiah, Jesus Christ's death, and it is exactly the day Christ died, the 483 years. It's exactly. So it's perfect. I'll show you on the back of the chart when you're allowed to look on the back of the chart, okay? Okay, are you ready to go? Okay, what time is it? Oh my gosh, time's almost up. Okay, let, me, let us get started for just a second, and then we'll come back and finish this out next week. Here is what he says to him. Verse 25. So that you, so you are to know and discern from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, that will be how long? Seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with a moat and a plaza, even in times of distress. He says, from the, from the decree to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah comes will be how long? 
seven weeks and 62 weeks, which adds up to be how many weeks? 69 or 483 years. Now, there's only one place in the Bible where you can find the decree to restore and build Jerusalem. It's found in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And that took place in either 444 B.C. or 445 B.C. It's according to how you count, how you look at the years, but it doesn't make any difference as far as the days are concerned. So in the year, let's just say 444 B.C., a decree went to restore and build Jerusalem. That started the clock. And he says, from the day that the decree went out to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah. Notice how he calls it, to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince. There will be seven weeks, 49 years, 62 weeks, and then added together, it's 483 years. He says, it will be built again with distress and moat, even in the times of distress. This won't turn off. Don't look down in there, though. Okay, now... Do you understand? Everybody got this? All right. So from 444 B.C. until Jesus Christ, until it says to the time of the Messiah, is going to be 483 Jewish years, which is um, 170-something thousand days and all that. It works out perfectly. And if you go back in history from the decree in 444 B.C. until Jesus Christ, in fact... It comes to the day that Jesus Christ entered Jerusalem at what we call Palm Sunday. That's the exact day when he offers himself as the final time as the king of Israel. That's exactly 483 years. Okay, that makes sense? Now watch what happens. I'll give you this. I know time is up, so let me give you the, the next verse, and we'll stop there, and, and we'll get... A lot more details next time. Verse 26. Then after the 62 weeks, he doesn't go back and say after the seven. So after the 483 years, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. What does it mean that the Messiah is cut off and has nothing? That's, that's what? That, that's, when he's de- that's when he dies. So at, at the 483 year mark, what happens? Jesus Christ dies. Can you go to the chart that has the gap in it? That one. The decree went out right here. And it was seven weeks and 62 weeks. Or what we'd say 483 years. He says in the 483rd year. The Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. That is the death of Jesus Christ. Now what we're going to show you. Is that Daniel doesn't know about this. Right? He's never been told that. So the very next thing, it says, after the Messiah is cut off, then there will be a man come, who he calls him the prince of the nation who is to come, which is Rome. And he says he makes a peace pact for seven years. See, if you talk to Daniel, he thought it just went seven, sixty-two, one. He didn't know about us. And we'll show it to you next time, how it all fits, how the, how the week works, and those kind of things. Now, before we stop, because we've got about a minute, any questions on what we've seen so far? I know we're about halfway through, so you may have a bunch more questions. But think about this. A dec- God told Daniel, there's going to be a decree given. I'm giving you 490 years. At the start of the 490 years, 
you can store and build Jerusalem. I'm going to count from that time up to the Messiah will be 483 years. The Messiah will die. After the Messiah dies, there will be someone come who will make a an agreement for seven years with Israel. And then he talks about him breaking the agreement. And this is where you have the abomination, desolation, as spoken by Prophet Daniel. That's the seven years. Now, the thing that makes it unique is Daniel never knew about us.